Dr. Alan Grant returns to the film franchise to save more children. Can he overcome the ghost of his past and rescue this franchise from the early 2000s sequelitis? Talking dinosaurs, hybrid dinosaurs, and William H. Macy. It's Jurassic Park. Claw Mark. Welcome to Jurassic Pod, a podcast 65 million years in the making. In this show, we excavate, theorize, and decipher the evolution of Jurassic Park, its films, and its fandom. If you're just joining the show, welcome. If you're binging the show three years after we publish this, thanks for joining. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We're talking Jurassic Park 3. I know I said Jurassic Park claw mark, but it's technically... Jurassic Park three. I remember the original like uh, advertising for this because this was this came out in two thousand one. Yes, and that was around the time I was actually I, I was I was ten years old, right? So I was actually starting to understand things. I was, I'm internalizing media now, and so it's from that area era that I, I remember they would like show the Jurassic Park thing. It looks like a big like steel plate, and it's written Jurassic Park, yeah. and then it was a raptor call. Yeah. I, I feel like it was either Burger King or McDonald's they had a branding partnership, and I remember this being everywhere. But obviously, it's a big, big franchise. It's the third, third of the, the series, so it's, it's going to be heavily corporatized. But I'm the same way. I do remember, the claw mark being really intense yeah. in the steel. Like it, it felt very cool at the time in right. 2001. Uh, I want to get to some business that we forgot in our second episode. I mean, we're really hitting our stride here in episode three. No mistakes are going to happen. But in episode two, we forgot. We forgot to talk about our favorite human character and our favorite dinosaur character. We, I, I don't know why we forgot. I'm going to say it was uh, the discussion was so good that we forgot. Yeah, that must be it. Yes. But we did text Greg. I'm going to find my phone. I don't have it. Do you have it? I got it. Hold on. I'll pull it up. You tell us your what's your favorite characters, and I'll I'll pull that up. I think my favorite human character has to be Muldoon, the hunter, the gentleman hunter. Uh, he was rewatching it, his character arc, and then and watching some of the behind the scenes really kind of stood out to me as just a character that I always enjoy and kind of it's it's something that this movie does not have is that side character for the main characters that has a full arc. That's really well done. So I'm sorry. Who did you say? Muldoon, it was? the gentleman hunter. But that was the first movie, wasn't it? The second oh, movie. oh, oh, yeah. Because we're doing the second one. Oh, oh the second yes, one. yes. Yeah. The guy Lost who says World. that his prize is to hunt one of the tyrannosaurus. The tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> My fee is to hunt one of the tyrannosaurus. <laughs> the tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Who's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur. Uh, I, I I almost want to say the copies coming back. Um, but I'm going to say the baby T-Rex, um, really one of the best characters. It's like the, the, it's basically the Robin to the Batman of the T-Rex who we talk about being the main character. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think my favorite, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for saying this, but it's the most, I don't know if he's my favorite character, but he's certainly the most memorable character to me. 
Vince Vaughn's character. Oh, I don't know his God. name. I don't know his name. I'm not even saying that he was I, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm he not even saying memorable. he was good. And actually, you know what? In his defense, after watching Jurassic Park Clawmark, I was kind of <laughs> hoping Vince Vaughn was going to show up. It could have used Vince a Vaughn. Little, Vince it, Vaughn would have looked like an Academy Award winner. It could have used Vince Vaughn's character. It certainly could have. Uh, what's your favorite dinosaur from Lost World? <sighs> Baby T Rex is a good one. Velociraptors are always good. I. What was the dinosaur that like there were elementary kids that like rode in? Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. Yeah. I'm gonna say Stegosaurus. It didn't get enough love in the first movie, obviously. Yeah. So they made an effort to put it and then they had that like cool like cgi scene where ian malcolm's girlfriend is like dodging stegosaurus yeah. so that's my favorite that is a, that is a good first kind of initial dinosaur scene yeah that's a good choice uh you have uh greg's yeah. text we texted greg jackson our second guest from the lost world um apologized that we did not offer this opportunity for him to do it yeah on the recording but here is his favorite uh personal character human character and his favorite dinosaur character yeah so greg said that his favorite human character was eddie carr but i don't get the reference read the reference so he says i would love to nothing more than to see a west wing jurassic park crossover what's going on leo Eddie Carr play the actor plays Toby in the West Wing, and that's his reference. Oh, if you remember that, okay, yeah. yes, of course. Remember, yeah, he's he 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 saves them. He he gives his life. Now, this is a good question. So that Eddie's character, remember, he's like working on the jeep, and he he's he's like he's yeah. trying really hard to save them. Yes, and he ends up being killed brutally. Yeah, right. Ironically, Billy, another character that is kind of does something heroic but actually survives yeah which is interesting anyways and then what was uh greg's favorite dinosaur from the lost he world? said he said velociraptors always have my heart mm, yes and uh I, I think that that is true because if velociraptors were alive they would be eating greg's heart they they would they would but they are i mean they're very emotional in this one the the velociraptors have a very emotional they do part of this movie where the lost world they were kind of just in the middle of they're almost humanized if you could say that Ooh, we're gonna get into that uh first uh since we don't have a guest i'm gonna read our business blurb uh so again please subscribe rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts spotify apple podcasts wherever if you want to get involved in the show please go to our website www.jurassicpod.com uh just scroll down to the jeff goldblum laying down shirtless that's where you can actually click and give your feedback on the show if you have a question or if you want to just say something about the podcast or Jurassic Park or any of the movies. We would love to hear from you. You can also connect with me directly on social at Luke H. Ferris. Uh, again, no dinosaurs were harmed in the making of this podcast. Just want to make that clear. All right, let's, let's get into Jurassic Park 3. The third Jurassic Park movie. I brought some more box office numbers. If you remember in the last episode, I did some, some I would comparison. Do you want to know some stuff? Can I guess? Can... Okay, so do you want me to remind you what the give first me... two were? And yeah, then... yeah, yeah. And then give me an over-under, and I'll go over-under with. Okay, so uh, Jurassic Park, the first one, 1993. The budget was estimated to be uh, $63 million. 
Opening weekend was forty-seven million in June of nineteen ninety-three. Wow. Gross U.S. was four hundred four million. Worldwide was over just over a billion. So that's Jurassic Park. Yikes. Um, and it was a ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Lost World budget seventy-three million estimated. Opening weekend seventy-two million in May of ninety-seven. USA gross was two hundred twenty-nine million. And the worldwide gross was just over, just under six hundred twenty million. Interesting. Okay, uh, let me guess the budget. Yeah, I'm gonna say that the budget for Jurassic Park three was seventy five million dollars. Ooh. So only two million more than. Okay. Okay. That's your guess. That's my guess. That's your final guess. It actually was, and again, this is estimated numbers, $93 million, so no way. $20 million more. Now, that's that's a four-year difference, and I think a lot of that has to do with the CGI. I'm going to guess. Yeah, but it was only an hour and a half long. <laughs> we'll get into that. Okay, so pretty far off on the first one. Um, do you want to guess opening, guess opening, opening weekend? weekend. So, so remember, Lost World was 72, um, Jurassic park was um just over 400 404 yeah so opening weekend for jurassic park 3 i'm gonna say was 60 million very close it was 50 just over 50 okay so pretty close but less than what you're guessing all right uh the gross usa again jurassic park 404 lost world just about 230 million Gross U.S. for Jurassic Park 3? $289 million. $181 million. So pretty significantly lower. Boy, wow. And then worldwide? Worldwide, I'm going to say it was it, it grossed 325 Very close, 368 Okay. So you were pretty close on the on the cumulative worldwide. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think? 38%. 49%. And wow. we mentioned this in the last episode. Lost World is 53% in... Jurassic Park 3 is 49%, so that not much of a difference. So who was it? Was it Greg last week that said that last week? <laughs> he said that his favorite was Jurassic Park 3? Or was that when he was a kid? When he was a kid. Because like we talked about, this was the movie like we were at. Yeah. We were actually in the prime age to watch this movie. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to give you the critics' consensus from Rotten Tomatoes for Jurassic Park 3? And just to start our discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. This is from the critics. Jurassic Park 3 is darker and faster than its predecessors. That's that's true. True. But that doesn't quite com- compensate for the franchise's continuing creative decline. Mm. That's that's a uh, that's I feel like that's pretty accurate. But let's. Uh, Do you know? We'll, we'll get into this. Maybe I should save it. But the. I think what really hurts Jurassic Park, the the franchise as it continues into movie two and three, is the idea was so original that it couldn't be topped. There, mm-hmm. Nothing could come out of it. So like two and three on their own aren't on a, aren't totally unoriginal, but because when you compare them to like what the bar was with the first one there's just no way there's just no way i think that's a a great point mike because you start off so strong and it's interesting because i don't outside of the books being a first there's a first and second book as a source material 
it's not like a Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or like Harry Potter's or other franchises where there's maybe not intentionally, but there's definitely a plan to do a trilogy or multiple movies. I think Jurassic Park was kind of a victim of its own success. There was definitely a framework for the first two, but uh, after that, there's not a framework. There's the source material runs up pretty dry. Even though in this in this one, a big set piece is to actually take it from the first book. Yeah. But I think that's a good point. All right, should we get into uh, the movie? So um, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic Park Clawmark, as I'm going to call it. It didn't have a name, did it? It's just Jurassic Park 3, right? Yeah, which actually I appreciate. I'm going to start off because I don't want this to... We, I don't want to rip into this movie too much because I actually did enjoy it a lot. One of the things I do enjoy about it is compared to today where it's like any sequels like Requiem or Binantium or they like they make or, up, uh, for instance Jurassic World the next Dominion movie, Dominion Dominion yeah. or yeah or, or it, Fallen Kingdom Fallen Revenge Kingdom like there's <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen I feel Kingdom. like the series the 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 um <clears throat> the franchise the movie franchise that's the worst with that is Resident Evil Resident Evil is pretty bad uh Transformers is horrible terrible it's you and me megatron no it's just me prime i actually have to look it up i'll just fill the space yeah fill this dead air yeah so one of my favorite parts was the dinosaur man (laughs) dinosaur man all right, here we go. I'm, I'm gonna read out the the Transformers sequels names. Okay. Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. That's the second one. Transformers: Dark of the Moon, which almost, it's like they're trying not to have it be the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon. Which like one? Dark which one was shot in Detroit? There was a big portion uh, of one that was shot. I think in that Detroit. was Age of Extinction because that's when I think they had the Dino. Shia LaBeouf. Shia was in. The one that was that was shot in Detroit. Yeah, Age of Extinction. He was in f- all four of those. Age of Extinction. Uh, oh no, he wasn't in that one. Um, and then um, the last night. What? Like night as K N I. Are they still making these? And then Bumblebee. Bumblebee was the last one. But yeah, so that's a that's a classic. And I would say, no matter what you say about the first Transformers movie, it was successful. And I would say the Transformers movies are victims of their own success. Now, interesting about Jurassic Park 3, when we were looking at the numbers and worldwide numbers, this is a little bit before the China market opens up, which we'll talk about, I think, uh... more in the reboot sequels, because the China market hadn't really opened up at this point, where it, where it was part of the film franchise strategy that's a good point so that that might be part of why this movie wasn't as successful financially okay we open up to parasailing very 2001 activity parasailing um next to isla sorna isla sorna i want to make sure i got the right right island yeah isla sorna site b site b so we're back to site b not site a so site b where we were in the lost world um, what did you think about um, that opening scene? We both were looking at the C- the CGI was rough. It was. It did not age well. I was kind of surprised because the very opening scene is just like a straight ocean shot. There's no characters. There's nothing. It's just a straight shot. Like a, um, 
like a, a wide angle shot yeah. into the island. I'm just like, you have source or you have stock footage from yeah. from from shooting two movies prior to this. You could have just used that. Yeah, it's bad CGI. You could have used literally the same uh, footage from the first movie. Nobody would have known. No, it's just Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it, it it was rough to start out with. I did appreciate uh, to make it feel like a very sketchy activity. They had the old school orange life jackets. Yeah, raggedy. I think that was a nice touch. I did like the. Uh, I don't even know what his name was, but the guys. Uh, I guess the the main characters, the the mom's lover. I liked his camcorder. Yeah, oh yeah, the JVC Handycam or. Which Sony hand? Yeah, which he did a pretty good job. When they looked back at the footage uh, later, later in the movie, I was like, you "Guy's got to be a cameraman, right?" He's got some skills because those back in the day it was, was one handed. Those you didn't have to do anything like just holding it. And if you think about it, if you hold your hand up straight up like you're holding a camcorder, right? And if you look at your hand, it's it's moving. Like we don't, we can't. There's like, no stabilizer. No, and he was he got some good footage, uh, but they go down. We the, at least we know. Um, we were discussing to see if that was the right move to like unhook himself from the boat. Yeah, I think it was. Looking back, considering the alternative was go literally go down with the ship. Yeah, it was. It was probably a good move. Uh, we will see him again. I'm I'm trying to remember his name. Ben. He'll look a little bit differently. Yeah, we'll we'll see him again. He'll 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 look a little bit more aged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> later nice <laughs> okay then we uh then we go right to alan grant he's back alan yeah. alan alan i think that in the second movie uh obviously having jeff goldblum covers a multitude of sins um because he is jeff goldblum but there is something about the uh, i don't know if humility is the right word but there's something about the the candor of Alan Grant that kind of was missing from the second movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think his practicality, it, it is a shame because you almost got, you, and I don't know if it could have been done, but you had two just heavy hitters characters, including Ellie. You had all those characters together and then they got, a, they got chopped up basically. Yeah. And we, throughout the movie, we kept on saying, that's an Ian Malcolm line. That's an Ian Malcolm yeah. line that they give to Dr. Grant. But I think that happened in the Lost World where it was like, that's a that's a Dr. Grant line. Right. What did you think about the whole idea of like, I don't know the production backstory of, of having like Ellie as the house, like she's a housewife. She's not really involved anymore. Like she's in the movie, but I wonder if her Laura Dern's schedule couldn't make it or they just didn't feel like it made sense for them not. Because you yeah. can go a totally different way. Like, I could have seen this movie been they actually get together, they have a family, and not, and he has to leave his family or they have to leave their family. So I don't know. I picked up on something. I didn't mention this to you, but maybe you picked up on the same thing. I get the impression that he fell in love with Ellie, Dr. Sattler. De- definitely. And definitely. Uh, he, he actually makes a comment to Billy later on in the movie that I thought was so telling of the psychology. So the Alan Grant is definitely without a doubt. some uh, a character, a guy who's married to the job. He's married to the, Oh bones, yeah. Yeah. You know? And, uh, he says later on, um, 
that's the nice thing he says to Billy because Billy's like, oh, I, you know, I didn't want to leave the dig site to come out here. And he says to Billy, uh, you know, the bones are going to be there when you get back. That's the nice thing about bones. They never run away. And I get that. That kind of tells me that either it's a, you know, either he's had several love interests that have that have kind of said, you know, not necessarily said in so many words, it's me or the bones, but kind of like. It's me or he the can't bones, leave baby. the bones. He can't like he is so married yeah. to that work and so passionate about it that he can't leave it. And so these women or these love interests will, in in essence, run away. Um, but but the bones never will. The bones never leave him. The bones never disappoint. They're always right where he left them. Yep. He doesn't. There's they're they're almost predictable. Like they're in the ground. Yep. They don't move. That's a that's a deep. Uh... Wait, that's a that's like the movie didn't do that good job of like no. going that deep. Like no, they should have. It, it really should have. But it's there. I it's definitely there. That was probably the forty minutes like I cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So runtime was like an hour and a half compared to the other films, which are over two hours. Yeah, and it it shows. I mean, but it's a tight movie. Um, so Ellie, and especially we have to bring this up because when he's having dinner with Ellie mm-hmm. with her with her kid. They introduce the husband, and he's like the most, most ba- boring basic, guy. boring guy. And it's kind of like uh, Ellie's kind of given up like the romantic part of like the exciting the... part of her life. But it is hinted that he works for the State Department, and that'll come up later. Oh yeah, this movie is tight. Everything has a closed loop. Yes, like if, it's, if it's, you if if you're listening now and you listen to our our uh, rewatch of uh, Jurassic Park, the first film. There was a big controversy about the T-Rex. The T-Rex shimmy yep. is uh, still it's yet not, to be debated. It's not really debated. Yeah, please, please uh, write in with your thoughts <laughs> as we continue. I would to love debate. to hear your thoughts, but but the but you're right. This movie doesn't have that type. Of, there's probably a couple things you can poke holes in, but for the most part, there really is. Actually, I have one th- one big thing okay. I want to poke holes in, but I mean, they everything is tied up. Even the swimming that the guy like yeah. learned how to swim, and they justified him like jumping off into the off the crane into the water and swim back. I mean they did a great job. No one was asking him to do it. No. But they did it. No. Uh if we go we bring Grant back to the bones where he, he feels at home. Um and then we're introduced to uh what's his face? Uh Eddie Eddie? No. Billy? Billy. The the his his research assistant. Billy his research assistant who is Putting on the moves on someone who absolutely had no idea why they're there. No I'm idea. Gonna, I'm gonna play yeah. the clip a little bit. Has no idea how bone, how fossilization works. No, no. Here he goes. Let's try the toothbrush. Oh yeah. Slowly. You just take a little bit at a time. I can never tell what's rock. And what's bone? What are you doing there? Technically, it's all rock. The calcium in the bones is replaced during fossilization. But you can feel the difference, eh? Rough. Smooth. (laughs) That is... That is a rough seed. It's... She's... I don't know where they're getting these interns, but they are... So something that's kind of interesting um, is that... I believe if you looked at the amount of kids that went to college in real world, IRL, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the amount of kids that went to college to study paleontology or be a 
museum curator, study, study these kinds of things, study fossilization, uh, probably skyrocketed coming out of the 90s into the early 2000s because of these movies, the success of these movies. Oh, yeah. right? It just drove a ton of interest. In this movie, we're in 2001, and Dr. Grant is having an issue where he's he, he's not finding enough people that have interest in this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he kind of alludes to that when he's speaking at yeah. that one engagement where the, all they care about is like him fighting off dinosaurs in yeah. the first film. But um, and now he's got this one guy that he trusts, and then somebody who clearly knows nothing about fossils. Yeah, it's like almost the opposite of probably what was happening IRL, where right. people were from our generation were all in on dinosaurs and a lot of them probably went into paleontology, but this is kind of the idea that, and I don't know if there's an equivalent now, I guess like reading the newspaper almost like there's, there's like people like myself who like value old school, like reading old school journalism and like doing it as a like moral choice. And that's how Dr. Grant kind of does his business, conducts his business. Um, we are introduced to uh, the couple that are starting off this adventure. Um, you had a really uh, interesting contrast between William H. Macy's character and, and Hammond's entrance to the camp. Yeah, so when Hammond shows up in the first film, he flies in on this helicopter, totally desecrates the dig site, just sand everywhere, and then he's like popping champagne, just totally disrespecting the vibe that's going on at this dig site. And he has a proposition for Dr. Grant. And then you have William H. Macy's character. I don't even remember what his name was. Kirby. I think it's uh, the Kirby family. Yeah, the Kirby family. Mr. Kirby shows up and he's so polite. Paul Kirby. Paul Kirby. He's so polite. I'm a big fan of yours, Dr. Grant. I have a proposition for you. I'd love for you to come and have dinner with me and my wife. So such a different approach to getting to trying to get Grant to go on some island where there's dinosaurs. Kirby Enterprises. Uh, my card. How you doing, Billy? What can I do for you, Mr. Kirby? Well, um, first thing, I'm a great admirer of yours, and uh, I have a, a proposition I'd like to discuss. Yeah, but it, 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 I don't know. Now that I think about this movie, because we find out very quickly, as soon as they get on the island, that this is not a wealthy guy. He doesn't own an import-export company. Right, he's he, not who he says he is. He's not who he says he is. And now rewatching it, it's almost like it, it's actually a good performance by William H Macy because he's—you can tell—he's trying to act confident, but he's not really. And he's not they're, really a confident guy. No, he's not really a confident guy. Which is—it's not unless you need your bathroom redone. Yeah, then he's—he's all—he's all in. Um, so, anyways, they convince him to go to go uh, back to back to to the dinosaur world uh, because of money research. Similar reasons. Dr. Right. Grant, motivated by money. That's all I got to say. Yeah. That's all I got to say. He is one greedy jerk. Uh, one of our favorite lines was... So how do you know the Kirby's? Uh, through our church. <laughs> uh, this is some church. It's a... Uh, wow. Yeah. Some goon with the glasses. Uh, this movie, man, they uh, they really get into it. Um before they hit on the ground, we have to bring up the probably the most notorious line from this from the movie. Uh, 
about that. Alan. 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 So the personalization of the raptors uh, to the point where they actually talk, even in a dream. Yeah, that's some serious PTSD. They get on the ground and, oh my gosh. I think one of the hardest parts about this movie is the yelling of the names. Eric! Oh my gosh. Everybody gets their name out. Wait, you know what it reminds me of? Uncle Owen? Yeah. Amaru? <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Amanda Kirby, uh, the the mom, pretty rough character. I I, I felt like that, that whole, the couple and how that was written, it was rough. Like, she was just there to scream. What are they doing? They're setting up a perimeter to make the place safe. These guys are good. Trust me, on this island, there is no such thing as safe. We have to get back on that plane. Will you tell your wife to stop making that noise? That is a very, very bad idea. Amanda? Ben? Amanda, honey, Dr. Grant said that's a bad idea. What? He says it's a bad idea. What's a bad idea? I agree. It's a writing issue. It's funky. It's funky whatever it is. And I think, like... William H. Macy and her, there's not really any chemistry there. And it's just kind of funky how they're trying to fit this like family plot in this like pretty brutal movie. Because right away, like people are, all the goons get killed right away. Um, and the Spinosaurus comes in hot. Hot. Like this movie's not wasting any time. Like no. in, in some of the other Jurassic Park movies, there was a little bit of a slow burn kind of building up. Like you see the other dinosaurs until you see really uh like the main villain like if you think about the t-rex doesn't show up until maybe halfway through the movie of the first one you you see the raptors off screen right at the start but you don't really see yeah an attack but here i mean the stegosaurus or the spinous the spinosaurus wow this is gonna be tough the spinosaurus who's the new like the villain of the movie is killing it the amphibious dinosaur crazy uh we Learn about the stupid satellite phone that goes off. All right, satellite phone, um, a bunch of kills, and then our King Kong versus Godzilla moment: Spinosaurus versus T Rex. Uh, can you break down the 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 maneuvers and technique of the Spinosaurus and the T Rex, and and kind of the matchup there of of why the Spinosaurus has some advantages just on paper has yeah so if we're doing a tale of the tape between the two <laughs> uh you know you've got the spinosaurus who i guess you would say has a better reach because its arms are just longer it actually has arms in fact there's a scene of it rolling <laughs> like almost like it's like rolling out cookie dough yeah <laughs> with the plane with the, plane. With the fuselage and uh and then the I would probably say that. Oh, and the Spinosaurus has the longer snout too, so it's yeah. it's got more of a, a, a yeah, what a wrong term, but like it's got more of a bite to it. Ooh, yeah, that was that's where it snapped the neck, and that's really. When you think about it from a, a strategy standpoint, the Spinosaurus was going for the neck the whole time. Yeah, and it had the reach to do it. And the T-Rex was really looking lame, uh, which is a big a big thing for this movie. Like, right away, it's telling you, like, this is... The T-Rex is 
small potatoes. Second fiddle to this. It, yeah. It's not about the T-Rex anymore because they kill off the T-Rex, who had been the hero in the first, kind of the hero, quote unquote, we right. have to say in the first two movies. T-Rex killed. This is not your, not your brother, older brother's Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> not your um, Grant is so happy that these people are not who they say are. He's almost delighted. Like he's like, we're all gonna die. You're gonna die for sure. I might die, but you guys are all gonna die. At least you're gonna die. <laughs> Go find your son. I mean, like, and that's why it's interesting. This movie goes so fast because in a traditional, even a big budget movie, that reveal would happen that the that the that they're looking for their son. They're not who they say they are. That he's a tile guy, a bathroom guy would have been like halfway through the movie. I think so much started to unravel at once. So like when the plane crashed, I mean, very quickly things start going not to plan. So it becomes very clear to everyone that this is not a professional operation. No, it is a ragtag bunch. Like compared to the first two movies where very professional crew, even if they weren't prepared or even like the lost world where there's like a camp, a of, militia, a, a militia, <laughs> And like even even our like good guys had some pretty good gear going yeah. into it. Well, and <laughs> did you catch their ask? <laughs> William H Macy's character says to the one guy, I don't remember his name. Um, so I take it you're not a mercenary. The guy says, "I never said I was." <laughs> and he says that he was a booking agent. Yeah, he's a booking agent. <laughs> he books the mercenaries and sometimes <laughs> fills in. Uh, but he had the batteries for the camcorder. That's so, right. Oh, and, he. Uh, Guy knows his way around a, a Ra- Yeah, he, you said he must have been a Radio Shack employee. Must have worked bit. at Radio Shack. Uh, this ragtag group of people, it does, watching it 20 years later, it, it, it feels like you're watching a, a sci-fi movie. It, it, yeah. it feels very B-movie um, outside of like Alan Grant. Even though William H. Macy is a pretty renowned actor. Yeah. It, it it feels like the side characters are so throwaway and you don't really care about the couple very much. Um, so we have a nice lost world throwback when they go to kind of the final yeah. scene of, of when they're on the Island that and, research lab uh, where Jeff Goldblum is looking for the frequency to add to this day. He's still, still looking like he's still out there. I thought that the whole, the whole picking up the phone was the nod to the frequency. Did still, you? <laughs> they were like that. I really wanted Dr. Gray to be like, Frequency written down so far? Let's talk about the 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 best joke in the whole the, movie. The title, I'm sorry, the title for the second movie should have been Jurassic Park, The Lost Frequency. <laughs> That's amazing. This so this upcoming joke is is gotta be it's so out of place. It's change. hilarious. Takes quarters. I got like I got a buck. I got a buck ten. Love it. I mean, just the idea that he thinks that he needs to pay for... Can't pay Alan Grant, but the least I could do is buy everyone a snack. And I guess it's doubling down (laughs) that this guy does not know what he's doing. And uh, so I guess it does... It helps a point, but it is so... Such a, I, I don't know. For me, it was just like such the goofiest joke. It's a good like survival movie joke where it's like, yeah, you don't need to pay the vending machine. Like, just break break down the down the windows. Um, Could you imagine if there's actually a guy who's been collecting out of those 
Like every every week he goes to stock those. <laughs> he flies in an <laughs> helicopter. He's like, wow, pretty low today. Really low. There's a guy. There's it's a- like the PepsiCo or like Coca-Cola guy who like comes in and is like, man, they're just not really. There's a guy alone. at my office who, you know, I, like he's the he works for the company that fills the vending machines. And so I've chatted him up a couple times. Awesome guy. Just a great guy to chat with. And I asked him, because we have two sets of vending machines, one in one lunchroom and one on the other side of the building. And I asked him, what do you do when one set of vending, like when, like with items that are like not selling as fast over here, what do you do with them? And he goes, I bring them over there. So do you think that the guy who's running the vending machine operation at Jurassic Park is, he's like, I just don't get it. These things won't sell over here. I guess I got to rotate yeah, these yeah, out and yeah. bring them over. Yeah. He's, he's constantly rotating between the facilities. He's yes. like, it's not working. I always remember what, uh, at an office I worked at, I had the same vending machine guy and I would, you know, just chat him up cause he's working and you know, you're, it was a small break room. He would always like complain to me that, like people weren't buying a certain beverage. He would just be like, you guys aren't buying the Coke diet Coke. Like, like, like I should have been doing that. Right. Or like guys aren't buying like the Fanta, like no one's buying Red Bull. And I'm like, it does, it's not like, it's not my job to do that. Like, that's, but you know, what's interesting about my guy is I'll ask him, how do you decide what goes in the vending machine? He goes, well, it's basically what people buy. If people buy it, I put it back in there. If they don't, I'll put something else in there. And and I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, if you ever want something, tell me what you want. I'll put it in there. If it sells, we'll keep it in there. Oh, so that must have been what was happening. I'm sure someone said, like, I want Diet Coke in there, and then it didn't sell. You must have looked like the guy who asked for the Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't drink pop or, like, I don't drink out of vending machines. Like, I just don't do it. I like, hope you keep all of this in the podcast. Oh, I'm, going, I'm going to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it. So I, he must have been, like, I think I was the only one who talked to him. And so he must have just been like, somebody asked for Diet Coke, and they're not drinking it. But uh, if you're listening, guy... I don't know I'm my sorry. guy's name either. I, th- I knew it at one point, but he hasn't been there in a while. All right. Let's talk about the kids. So there's one kid in this movie, uh, similar to Lost World. Uh, this uh, Eric uh, Kirby. <laughs> I actually like this kid a lot. I do too. He was cool. Um, very much inventive. Inventive. He had survived eight weeks. This guy has been in some pretty big movies around that time. He was in The Sixth Sense. He was in uh, The Patriot. I'm trying to think what else. I remember him in the Patriot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. one of the sons that yeah. um, shoots in that. Like, Aim like, small, miss small. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So he was kind of a a big time kid actor at that at that point. So it was. And I think he's a great actor. I think he does a good job um, through this. He saves Grant from the Raptors. Um, the Raptors, like pretty much every dinosaur I noticed. Uh, it's very like steampunk. Like they all have like a, a shade of red. The raptors have hair. Like they're they're looking they're looking a little cool. Like they're all trying to like they're very much like eighties punk rock. Oh. That's kind of how how the vibe I was for the dinosaurs in this one. Even okay. the uh, like uh, or the, the big brontosaurus, long yeah, neck yeah. Sources. They all had a tinge of color. They had they? color and they were kind of looked menacing. Like all the dinosaurs are definitely menacing and we don't actually see a ton of dinosaurs besides the you didn't have a lot of time to see dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we didn't uh so alan gets saved 
Um, they eat some crunch bars that look amazing. Um, can we? Can we? This is this is one of the places where we can poke a hole. Like they are in the water truck, and they just escaped a horde of velociraptors. And Eric gets back in the water truck, and he doesn't close. The yeah, that that's door. dumb. That's dumb. Like they were being chased. They're be- literally being hunted. And they, yeah, that was that was rough. But they had to get the right lighting in that. So uh, I love his uh, InGen jacket that he's wearing, like the long sleeve jacket yeah. he's got rolled up. That, a lot of InGen branded stuff in there. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Uh, the satellite phone goes off. They think that's. For some reason, he knows that that's his dad's satellite phone. How did you know we were here? The phone, that stupid jingle from the store, I heard it. My phone? Yeah, your satellite phone. Where is it? I don't have it. When did you use it last? Uh, 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 on the plane. I got a call on the plane and... What? What? I loaned it to Nash. He must have had it when he... Yeah. What dad has a satellite phone so this in guy, Oklahoma in the 2001? This guy is a runs a uh in in a shopping mall. He runs a tile and paint store and uh can't pay Alan Grant anything but maybe some free tile. He he alludes to that. He gets a satellite phone. Obviously, he purchases a satellite phone specifically for this endeavor to go to this island he did not have a satellite phone beforehand and so his son knows what his dad's satellite phone sounds like one he knows his dad has a satellite phone and two his i have a lot of questions the satellite phone is is one of the harshest parts of the movie i get how it's kind of a plot line and it it builds kind of the the anticipation or the excitement of like oh there's danger approaching, but uh, this the it's it's annoying. I we skipped over it, but there's a when they first use the satellite phone in the beginning of the movie, the guy who's using it, who is the pilot, he said he, he gets a busy tone, and it's and you can hear that on the phone it says all circuits are busy, and I'm just like, how high is the traffic on the satellite? <laughs> it's a satellite. It's not like satellites. <laughs> like oh, they have three circuits that they can only use in this satellite. It's like the, it's that the whole point of having a satellite phone is you're like you're pinging off the satellite. You're not like running. There's not someone up in the satellite that's now like we all have moving phones. knobs. That's like like oh sorry, let me transfer you here. Like yeah, it's it's rough, but we'll we'll overlook that for the sake of you just don't have time to even no, think you don't about have time it. To think about it. <laughs> So they uh, meet up. Uh, Billy steals the raptor eggs for no apparent reason. With the best intentions, Luke. The best intentions. Uh, the Spinosaurus chase, chases them into the Avery. Let's talk about the Avery. I think this is probably the best sequence. Well, it's probably the best sequence in the movie for me. It's one of the best sequences in the book. It's the best. Yeah. I just finished the book in preparation of our future book episode. And this is from the first book. So, such a good sequence. It's definitely blocked differently, but the, I think the kind of the horror nature of pterodactyls. Yeah. They they definitely have a horror element, especially when that pterodactyl like turns into camera. Yeah. Turns right into camera. That is it's a good. That's actually a really good shot. Whoever the, I don't know. 
um, the cinematographer and the uh, the the design team that worked on that shot that that's where they spent a lot of that. Budget. I feel like they this was very much how they do like Fast and the Furious movies, almost where they like, all right, we're gonna do a scene with the pterodactyls, like we're gonna do the Avery. That, that that's like the pitch for this movie. Like we're gonna do the Avery. We're gonna have this new dinosaur. And we're getting Alan Grant back, and that's the movie because this that's this the, was yeah. a well really well thought out. Um, Billy base jumping was a little rough for me, but did know, you? There's a there's a big hole in in that scene in the actual like parachute. Yeah, no, not the <laughs> uh, very good. No, uh, so the parachute that they use in the parasailing says Dinosaur on it, the name of the company. I'm assuming. Yeah. D-I-N-O-S-O-A-R. When they when they get to when they when uh Grant and Billy find it on the tree, it says dinosaur. Uh later on they you see oh oh um later on you see the you see it again, it says dinosaur. When Billy base jumps in the aviary, uh it doesn't say dinosaur on it. Well, is it ripped? I you should find the scene. That's what he does. Don't do it, Billy. Billy, stop! Billy, stop! Don't Billy! Billy! You're right. Just like a, it's just like a red Also, this kid getting attacked by the baby uh, pterodactyls, it's it's good. I yeah. like it. That's it. That's scary. It's intense. Yeah. I I really like that scene. Um, I like how they kind of get under the water, um, and, and escape. Um, Billy, we think dies, uh, but you know we feel good because he was heroic. Yes, uh, sacrificed himself for the greater good, just like. Uh, Eddie Carr's character. Yes, did. but they did not bring back Eddie Carr. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so they get out, and now we go to the, um, I would call it the uh, the almost like Anaconda part of the movie, where they're on a boat going down <laughs> going down a river, very much like the water scene. Uh, they they have a, a kind of a quiet moment where Grant talks to um, the kid about Billy and yeah like seeing them in person we kind of have our very very basic kind of wide shot of all the animals hanging out together yeah have <laughs> they, to they have to all hang out together and then we get into the if of, this move there's a there's a point where the brontosaurus like stretches his neck like into the screen i wonder if they ever consider doing this movie in 3d yeah i feel like th- this was right after the th- the what the I don't know how many 3D waves there's been. Spy Kids 3D. Well, this was pretty close. Well, this was not. This was a little bit before like the Spy Kids 3D, and it was before obviously like Avatar, like not like 3D 3D, but like yeah. depth of field 3D. Um, and it was a little bit before I think the late 80s th- uh, 3D f- uh, craze where they did like uh, um, Friday the 13th 3D movie. So mm. it. It could have been like honestly, this this could have set up for it uh, pretty well. So the fight 
in the water is a little chaotic for me. Um, it feels very much like Jaws because they're in yes. the cage. They're in the water. Grant decides to call Ellie. They get his son. His, I think one of my favorite scenes is when he's watching Barney. He yes. gets distracted by Barney. So good. I think those that really does kind of remind me of a, like the Spielberg balance of kind of horror and humor. Yeah. And and kind of thrill and humor at the same time. Uh, so I thought I thought that was a nice touch. It was Spielbergy. It was it was kind of a it, this whole this movie does feel like and I, I I don't want to bash on the director or anything, but it does feel like if you were Kathleen Kennedy talking to Joe Johnson, Johnston, the director, the director, Johnson, yeah. which I what else is what else has he done? So he was a visual effect. Oh, he did um, the first Captain America. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. So he actually had a career after this, and he did Jumanji. Which one? Uh, 95, the 95 one. Did he really? He did The Rocketeer and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So this guy... Okay, okay. So I didn't he know He did that. Hidalgo, The Wolfman. So he's... He, this actually is... This was a big get for the franchise, not... Yeah, not, this is a pretty solid get. He did October Sky he did with not, Laura Leaning. He did not need to do this movie. Did he have anything... If he did... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was, what, 89? Yeah, you're right. 89. Okay. And then he did... He did a lot of stuff on the Young Indiana Jones TV series. He was a visual effects guy for Star Wars in Indiana Jones. Okay, so what was director. what was he doing in the late nineties? Late nineties, he was he did Jumanji in ninety five, and then October Sky, which is a Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, Laura Leaney movie. Are you movie. sure it's Jake Gyllenhaal? I thought that is that not Tobey Maguire. Nope, it is Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, all right, all right. It's a you, you think you, it's. I think it's something else. Um, so he did those two, and then Jurassic Park in two thousand one, and then Hidalgo right after that, which I like that I, I like Hidalgo, but it it def it, it's kind okay. of this mid level action movie. This might be his worst movie out of his. That's crazy. I definitely thought, and this is my own ignorance. I definitely thought that this was just some young director that Amblin got to do the movie because they just knew they knew the movie was going to make money no matter what as long as it stayed under 100 million dollars it was going to make money yeah um and they stayed under 100 million dollars estimated and they were just like let's just get some guy get him some experience not gonna do good it's just gonna make money yeah and it, it does feel like a and i guess my whole point was it kind of feels like a a steven spielberg fan film like try to direct like Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it's in the direct. Like the tone of it is similar. It just there's something a little bit off, and that's kind of like the Rotten Tomatoes review that we consensus that we talked about at the start, where it just it feels it's exciting, it's thrilling, it's a Jurassic Park movie, but it's devoid a little bit of that originality and creativity. It feels like this this reference. You might want to edit this out, but it feels like. Dawson from Dawson's Creek decided that he wanted to direct a movie. <laughs> this is right about the time too, Dawson's Creek. This would be like an alternative plot line because like Dawson's like twenty and like is working on this yes, movie. Yes. That like feels like that could have happened. Yes. Uh, I like it. I don't want to wait for this movie to be over. Uh, but it, it'll be over it, before it, you. It, it really happens fast. <laughs> 
So they have this whole uh, swimming sequence. Grant is able to get on the phone um, and somehow pass the message to Ellie. Um, she can't hear him at all. Like, at all. All he, all she hears is river. So what, what do you think? And site B. I think she hears site, site B, B river. What do you think she? So she had to. She either must have known, he's somehow back, with with the dinosaurs. She had to probably call his site. Where is he? Where'd he go? Then she must have known. Then her husband's involved. See, I want to watch that part. Maybe they maybe got cut. I want to watch Ellie convincing her husband to send two, not one, Can, two aircraft carriers to rescue. I these wonder people. if there was like a a directorial or screenwriting fantasy where this is where Ian Malcolm would have been written in. Because perhaps Ellie would call Ian, Ian and say, have you heard from Alan? Yeah. Uh, and Ian would be like, no, I don't. I don't know. Uh, and then the problem is you can't have Jeff Goldblum in for like eight lines. No. So, 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 okay. So that's out, but you're right. She probably has contacts at the dig site. So she calls the dig site or she took that intern picks up the phone <laughs> and, and has, there's like a 20 minute conversation. <laughs> She doesn't know where she is. She's so confused. <laughs> Ellie's like, wow, they've really, oh really fallen down the ladder here with the quality. Wow. But anyways, Ellie, the hero of the movie. Yes. From afar. Yes. But, but I, I like where you're going. Like Almost like, to me, what you could have done with this movie, and I know we're going to go a little off path, but we have the time because the movie's basically over. Here's an idea for me. I love I like the idea of Alan Grant. He's in love with the bones. He can't get it over. I like the idea of him kind of pushing everyone away. Yes. I like the idea of him getting to the point where he he's like broken. Like his maybe his research has to stop. He loses his grant money. Uh pun intended. And then he gets an offer from somebody. Now we could say it's this William H. Macy thing. That's fine. That could fit. He gets tricked into trying basically saving this kid. That totally makes sense. I would like it. Maybe he like, he, he like, uh, basically he, he has to compromise his morals to have a John Hammond type person pay him to go do live research he goes down there crap hits the fan and then malcolm and ellie go save him and kind of save his dignity at the same time i i could have seen that as that could be a pretty amazing movie especially if you can develop grant in the way of he feels like he has to compromise his morals because he has sacrificed everything in order to stay married to the work yeah. He sacrificed a relationship. Or let's assume that he wanted a relationship with Dr. Sattler, with Ellie. And he sacrificed that to stay married to the work. So he feels like, well, I, I can't give up this now. So I have to sacrifice my morality in order to stay married to the work. Because if I'm not going to do that, then why didn't I two years ago give up the work to get the girl? Yeah. I, I like that a lot because that's really you could. And you, I mean, Malcolm, we we get a lot of development with 
in Lost World of him. There's not much more you would need to do right with him as a character. Um, so I think that that doing a little bit more work on Doctor Grant could have been helpful. I get the whole idea of bringing in like his protege, but to me, it would have been interesting to do a little bit more character work on Doctor Grant. But hey, we had to get the Raptors involved, and they are really the the main character of this movie. So they hold on to the eggs the whole time. Yep. The justification is the Raptors are good coming after them. They're intelligent beings. They're going to get them anyways. They surround them right before they get to the beach. They want the eggs. Yep. Ah, but at the start of the movie, we didn't mention this. A very early 3D printer prototype has built right. the vocal cords Gosh, of the Raptor. should have mentioned that. Very tight, man, this movie. And <laughs> it's in this. It's in the special bag that Billy, yep. his, his like... Lucky Pack, which is a callback to Lost World. Yes. It's basically a camera bag. Um, and Dr. Grant communicates with the Raptors. We don't know what they say. What do you think when he, he blew into the whistle? What did he say to the Raptors? What do you think? for help. So so what do you think? I got it. I know exact I know exactly what I know you've done a lot of research on raptor vocal noises, so do you remember when you were a kid, Luke? You were outside playing with your friends or you were in the basement playing with your brother, whatever. And you heard dinner and you, you and your brother looked at each other and you thought, okay, we, we can finish this. We can finish yeah, this. Yeah, we, we, we need, we need, we need to finish this. We, we need, need a minute. minute we but, need a minute. But we can we gotta finish, finish this game. We got to finish then this. You, then you, then you hear very, probably only like eight seconds after yeah. you heard dinner. Say, I'm not gonna say it twice. Ooh. You know, when mom calls dinner, you come. You go to you yeah. you don't get mom never gets dinner twice. Yeah. Yep. I think Alan Grant in Velociraptor called dinner. You know, that makes sense because they kind of turn around and like, oh, no, we really want to finish this right. like we're about it's- to eat these people. <laughs> come on, mom. <laughs> And then he kind of does. They're like, going to spoil their dinner. Yeah, and she's not happy. She's they, not they, happy. She did not slave over. She murdered a <laughs> a triceratops for them. For them, single handedly. And they are not going to spoil their dinner with human. With human. With sweet old fatty human. If Basically, I, candy. If I was a betting man, that's where I would put. I think mom. that's a hundred percent true, and there's no way to prove it wrong. Uh, Basically, this the the whole that whole scene is kind of it kind of reminds me of the first movie where the subtle scientific theory that Grant has is dinosaurs are like birds. They wrap that whole the whole thing up. This one, his whole theory is raptors can communicate. They're more like humans. They were they could have been the dominant species on this planet. So this was kind of like a way for him to like say like yeah they're they communicate. They're an intelligent species. Right. Uh, then uh, they get onto the beach. 
the cavalry is here, literally. Uh, two two carriers. Well done. I, you know, it's great because at first when we saw Ellie's husband, uh, we were like, this guy's a schmuck. Yeah. And then he comes through. Two carriers. Two carriers. I, I just, wow, he's got a lot of clout. There's in, in, I, in the Bush administration. For I, it's crazy. Yeah, that is the Bush administration. That's a good point. That's funny. They were uh, they, they they were they our, had a our, presence. Yeah, our military was was activated pretty quickly uh, during that era. They, they weren't afraid to send military to random parts Two of the world. Carriers. They must have been small carriers. I mean, this movie came out in two thousand one, July eighteenth, two thousand one. So. This is prior to 9-11, which I think is... Yeah. I, we don't need to go into it, but I think it's just an interesting fact. Anytime you watch movies during this era, the 9-11 is kind of this pinpoint because a lot of movies that came after 9-11 uh, that were delayed or released, there's edits to them. Most famously, Spider-Man, they re- reshot a lot of the final scene because they didn't. there was building destruction and they didn't want to have um, destruction... And I think that they actually filmed at the World Trade Center. They were going to have the final scene be at the World Trade Center. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's kind of the Which lore. Spider-Man was that? The first one. Okay. So, just just a fun fact. Um, anything to... Oh, yeah. Uh, we did say that we needed the Raptor subtitles. We looked on the subtitles. There was no Raptor subtitles options, unfortunately. But we got out our Raptor dictionary, our Raptor to English dictionary. And that's how Mike was able to interpret that it was the mother Raptor calling for dinner. This whole movie uh, could be labeled as a parent trap sequel because basically (laughs) the kid is able to get his parents back together. The final scene when they're in the helicopter, they're kind of like smiling at each other. Right. Oh, we're a family again. Um, if that's what it takes to get your relationship back together, hey man, I wow, I am just go to why not therapy of of marriages being saved. I am too, but uh, I think therapy would be the the, a better place to start. There's uh, different methods of therapy. Raptor therapy, yes. Raptor therapy, trauma therapy is very good. Uh, so we are at the end of Jurassic Park three. Uh, what are your takeaways? Uh, how did you feel? I was very excited about watching this movie because I hadn't watched it from start to finish in a long Same. time. Yeah, it's been a very long time. I was I didn't remember how short it was. I was actually kind of surprised at how short it was. Um, so it's actually kind of pleasant because it's, in my opinion, it's the worst of the five that have been released. Soon to be six movies. Um, I'm assuming that the sixth movie that's released is is going to become my least favorite but anyway that's neither here nor there um yeah I, so so you almost it's like you find it on tv but you can you can go through it quick yeah it is the perfect and that's how i remember watching a lot of it, it is the perfect old school tv movie to go back and forth from a sporting event yeah which is what my father notoriously has done throughout his life it's better than the original because I think the original is the best TV movie to go back and forth. It is good. All I think all Jurassic Park okay. movies are, but this one Fair is enough. is very much like you don't really need to know what's going on. Yeah, because it, it's pretty much it's just self explanatory. It's action. See, it's, it's it's the basic root of like why people it's love Jurassic. Mad Max. It's just one giant chasing. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Um. Yeah. So I I I was pleasantly surprised because i was ready for a long movie that i didn't like 
Um, I I was surprised at um, I really thought that uh, Sam Neill, Alan Grant, the actor who plays Alan Grant, uh, I mean he's just he's far less successful than William H Macy, and it could just be that the character that William H Macy played wasn't written very well, but Sam Neill killed it. Oh yeah, and William H Macy was just kind of meh. Yeah, it was a weird cast for William H Macy. Yeah, like it. it I think this movie, if you would have maybe done a little bit more character development on Grant, and the 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 side cast was a little bit different, it could have been. It could have just like, I think, just been close to the Lost World as far as quality. Really? I don't mind that it's that short. I think yeah, it needs a rewrite. It can't be like. I'm sure there was already a lot of rewrites. That's the thing. Like this movie feels like one that was trimmed down significantly. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. To the bones. That's probably all about the bones. Honestly, I wonder if that's why the budget is higher. Probably they probably had to do a lot of reshoots and. But like you said, it's all about the bones, and this is really the bones of what Jurassic Park is. There's not much. There's and that's probably why I don't necessarily love this movie because there's not much deeper kind of messages it's it's a it's a big chase sequence yeah it's it's a i thought it was i thought it was more it was kind of more fun than i expected i think partly like we talked about already it it was shorter i would watch it again because i know that it's not gonna be two and two hours and 15 minutes this is a great if you're a Jurassic park fan this is like the one you put on while you're like doing a chore or doing laundry or you're this is like a perfect if you have like a two hour and 20 minute flight this is like perfect you're gonna watch it all while you're in in the air you know you're ascending you'll finish this movie and then you'll descend it's perfect it's it's really a just kind of a nice summer movie i this would be a perfect movie if you if you're coming in after a day at the beach it's like eight ish and you're like i don't know if i want to watch a two and a half hour movie yeah hour hour uh hour 30 hour 30 Perfect. yeah Ni- about 90 minutes of of fun and screaming i really liked just how how absolutely and it was intentional right uh but how absolutely ragtag that group that that crew was like these it guys was, it was a just, terrible group it was just terrible. These guys, they, and the nice thing I do, I do like that. The, the, like kind of like the badass guys compared to lost world. were not at all. Like they ran away yeah. immediately. And the guy got eaten immediately. You know, what's kind of interesting about this one is in the first one, Laura Dern, female lead for the most part. I mean, she wasn't the true lead, but she was a female lead in that movie. The second movie, I forget the name of the actress. Uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a, a female lead in that movie. Had a big prominent role. She wasn't the lead. Obviously, Jeff Goldblum was, but she had a big prominent role. Um, the the gal that played uh, Mrs. Kirby in this movie. Not only was she not very good, th- this movie was very male dominated. Very male dominated, and that and we joked about like uh, Billy and like. With, that we have that bad interns but like that yeah. was an unnecessary like misog- misogynistic like yeah and he like they they were like they start off like acting like he's a playboy but he's not right 
Like, it was unnecessary to even put that in the movie. Right. Because that wasn't his character at all. Like, he wasn't, like, flirting with the mom or, like... Yeah. It, it was weird. It is definitely a male-dominated movie, but it's it's weird because it's a male-dominated movie, but it's not a, like, 80s, 90s action movie, like, ripped muscle steroids movie. Yeah. It's just it's just a funky movie that that way. It's it's undefinable. It's Jurassic Park claw mark. All right, who, what was your favorite or who was your favorite human character? I think my favorite human character was Eric, uh, the kid. He was just really resourceful. Very, uh, we would say in twenty twenty one, he was woke. Very well, because um, yeah. he Alan Grant's like asking, "Did you read Malcolm's book about the island?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was you know Malcolm. Was, you know, he's like totally characterizing Ian Malcolm." Yeah, um, which was it was just kind of funny um, when you watch the movies. Uh, but so I really liked Eric, and then I think my favorite dinosaur. I think as a kid, I liked the Spinosaurus because it was big and bad and powerful. But I think my favorite dinosaur is the pterodactyl. Oh, they're um, so good. It's just, it's uh, well, now dinosaur purists, let's say, well, pterodactyl's not a dinosaur, okay? Arr. But uh, you know what? You don't stop listening to this podcast, okay? I don't care if <laughs> you you're didn't the, come here for if science. You're, if you're one of the three listeners, and you and you're gonna criticize me about the, about the pterodactyl. I'll go down to two listeners, okay? Yeah, me we'll, and Luke will do we'll just that because you know what? Ourselves. It's not that's not the podcast, you know. To steal from James Bonding, we're lovers, not experts. That's right. That's right. I'm, exactly. And I'm definitely not an expert. Of, That's right. Of, of Speaking dinosaurs. of James Bonding, Taron Killam, if you want to like guest appear on our podcast too. Yeah. I mean, well, cool we're, we're, I know we're that totally you're like busy. You got stuff. You going got stuff on too, going on. But... All right. I got to pick my favorite human character, which uh, you pick probably the best one. So I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will go with Dr. Grant, who I think, like we talked about in the first episode with Jurassic Park. It is amazing that that Sam Neill, you know, not as well known of an actor, was able to hold his own in a big adventure movie. Um, I thought he did good enough to, to keep this movie moving, which it did move fast. And I, I thought he really, out of all the actors, really was the, the one that, sh- like, there was no comparison. It, it really was, yeah. which I think was hard because, like, Laura Dern's in it for one scene. So he really doesn't have anybody to play off with from an acting standpoint, even though Wade, William H. Macy, who's kind of an enigma, like, but yeah. I think you, I got to go with, with Dr. Grant. And he, uh, it's almost like Dr. Grant. You're right. He really helped with the pace of the movie. It's almost like Sam Neill knew like that. Yeah. The, the whole thing was actually just a production meeting for him. <laughs> And he's just trying to get everybody through. He's like, oh, this is on me. <laughs> Getting too old for this. All right, guys, here we go. Guys, we got to go to the next one. Come on. Uh, come on. Let's go. Next scene. We only All get right. paid if we get to the end. <laughs> he really did hold this movie. Uh, and then I think my favorite dinosaur, which we didn't talk about, which is so odd when they are looking for the elusive phone they go into the uh spinosaurus's <laughs> the poop uh, poop bringing back a poop which i appreciate yeah i appreciate the poop callback they're looking for the phone they find the phone and then there is a horned t-rex yeah. that shows up and disappears we never see it again yeah this punk rock unicorn t-rex <laughs> is totally ignored 
What? Like, how, why was that in the movie? That's a good question. He, I, and now I'm thinking about it. I feel like that was a merchandising thing. It was probably like, we need to get one more cool dinosaur in there. Let's get a horned T-Rex in the movie for 20 frames, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Because honestly, it could have been... They couldn't cut it necessarily because... The phone. They needed the phone scene. They, but they could have, I mean, they could have dealt with that differently. He didn't need to be there. I couldn't remember because I, for some reason, thought that the horn T-Rex was going to come back at the end and save them. But, but what I'm, I might be thinking of King Kong coming back. And <laughs> like, like that's where this movie did get a little like King Kong-y to me. Like it just big creature fighting, which I love in movies, but it's not really for me. That's not what Jurassic Park is about. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm going to go with the unicorn punk rock uh, T-Rex. So where does this movie so far? We've watched the three. Where do you rank this one? It's it's definitely three. Yeah, it's it's definitely Agreed. it's definitely the third one. I'm curious to see how it's gonna stack up against the other. I'm so reboots. excited to watch the next one, Jurassic World. I'm I too. haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater. I've watched it, I think, once. Yeah, I think I watched it once, so it's gonna be interesting to rewatch it. Uh, Chris Chris Pratt. The I remember the running in the heels. Yeah, is is a big controversial thing. We will have guests in the next episode. I, this was definitely just a, a good old Luke and Mike show, but we're gonna. We, have we needed to move it along, you know. We we couldn't. Well, we had to content. cut out. We yeah. weren't able to get to more actors. We had to cut the guests because <laughs> we need to move this along because Dr. Grant's exhausted. That's right. Well, thanks for going through this journey. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, we're on to uh, the reboot. It's a huge gap. It is. It's a huge gap. Enough time to build an entire theme park. It's going to happen. So you two, um, big up, big up dinosaurs.